Welcome to Manawaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm CB Drogi. This week, The Touch That Burns by Kala Gold. Are you all right? The customer's short, curly white hair reminded Ko of skinned shins and bruised feelings and the comfort Nana gave her long ago. Her knees threatened to give out as the surge of someone else's memory hit her with the intensity of a crashing wave. Being that girl who suddenly knew you liked to steal stuff, that you were afraid of heights or got hit by your dad, was not the key to lasting friendships in elementary school. I... It was too soon to speak. Co leaned into the edge of the glass display case, the pain of the sharp edge a bridge to reality. I get dizzy sometimes. The woman's warm brown eyes roved over her almost clinically. I'm Edna. Co, Co croaked. I took care of my Walt for years before he let go. He got dizzy too. Take a deep breath. Co pressed her lips together to hold back words. They slipped out like water through a grate. So much pain. She had no one to tell. Hot tears fell onto her cheeks. Her shoulders rolled inward. Take a nice deep breath, honey, said the old woman, as if Ko's behavior wasn't a horrible admission of her inability to act normal. As often happened, once she sensed the messages locked in objects, Ko lost her grip on time. The room around her faded to a dim gray, Someone else's memory, colorful and alive, bright as a sunbeam, trilled like bells and pulled her in. In her lifelong fight against the sight, she'd yelled, she'd cried, and she'd prayed. According to her mother, God had no place for her witchery. Her nana said she was blessed. Ko's sight was the Arthurian sword that her mother wanted to pull out of stone and destroy, and her nana wanted to learn to wield. Nana died too soon, and her mother lived to shame Ko into normalcy. A line of sweat rolled down her side as humiliation and curiosity clashed for attention. Ko dragged in a deep breath, the residual confusion of two parallel realities, like a heavy weight, eased off her bowed back. She looked at the kind face of Edna, bright eyes in a craggy face. I should be back at my bench. I'm not fit. She stared down at the worn carpet on the staff side of the jewelry display case. She was grateful her boss Gloria wasn't there to observe her little fit, and resentful that she couldn't just hide behind her headband magnifier and get lost in the close work of gem-setting, soldering, and engraving in the windowless back room. But some people, like her boss, had lives and grandkids who got sick, so here she stood. Edna squeezed Coe's gloved hands between her two warm ones. What was her pain? Edna whispered. Coe's head jerked up. Edna's eyes were curious and intent, the grip on her hand insistent. He hit her and controlled her, 
she was broken by him, said Ko. Ko watched tears wind in crooked trails down Edna's wrinkled face. Edna didn't seem to notice. I'm so sorry, Ko's voice cracked. She stepped back to reclaim her hands. Edna's grip held tight, her knuckles white. No, child, I'm grateful. I only wish he could have known. Who? My husband, Walt. That was his mother's wedding ring. Ko cringed. She had dropped the ring like a hot coal and imagined she saw a tiny pit in the glass surface where it hit. It had bounced out to the very edge of the glass. Her eyes fixed on the ring. It reached out for her touch, like a torch in a dark cellar. He was a quiet man, Edna said. A hole in Ko's glove contacted skin, and the jolt of Edna's relief roared through her. Peace and calm washed away heat and shame. Just a moment, Ko said. She strode to the glass entry door, flipped the open sign to closed. With a nod, she led Edna back to her cramped workroom. The close, dim space glowed with the golden illumination from the center of her wooden jeweler's bench. Ko sank onto her stool with a sigh. Edna's soft voice continued as if uninterrupted. Walt's mother died when he was three. His father abandoned him. His relatives never told him why. It bugs me when adults assume kids can't handle the truth. As if leaving this big mystery like a hole in their life is helpful. I think the urge to protect hides many sins. Edna took a deep breath. Can it tell you anything else? Ko pulled at her gloves finger by finger, putting off the moment of the touch. She watched the ring centered on her workbench, facets glittering in uneven flashes under the hinged magnifying lamp's flare. She couldn't help but judge the design. The outdated boxy setting, with its unequal flattened prongs, hiding too much of the round diamond. The designer in her itched to lift the diamond out of its dull cage and set it free, to let the side facets sparkle in response to light. She reached for it. Ko's voice came out in a whisper. She loved her baby boy and dreamed of the beach with crashing waves and sandcastles. She feared for him and vowed to protect him. Do you think her husband killed her? Edna whispered. My sense isn't that specific. When I first touched the ring, I felt pain and a struggle against falling, like when you fall in your sleep and jerk awake. I almost keeled over. I guess that could be an echo of a death. I don't know. It's funny. I came in today to see if Gloria, or I guess you, could design something new from this wedding diamond. But his mother's story belongs to Walt. I'm going to open up the urn and bury the ring with his ashes. Lay the unhappy past to rest. That diamond alone is worth quite a bit, Ko said. The story and what it would have meant to Walt is worth more. He must have loved you a bucket load, Edna, Ko said. More than I could ever have imagined the day I asked him to help me with that sticky door. 
Edna's eyes ranged to the anvil, clamps, steamer, and back at Co. I think I'll get a new ring, one I can pass on to my granddaughter, not a ring with a cursed history, something bright and sparkly, the way Walt made me feel. We could always soak it in some salt water or burn a little sage, Co. offered. No, I would know the pain it holds. It's better that Walt know what happened. That diamond was never mine. Show me a ring you've made. Co looked at her ungloved hand clasped in Edna's. She could hold it all day long. Her eyes stung for a moment. Co led Edna back into the showroom. She lifted out a small black velvet display of custom-made rings. Her fingers savored the energetic mutterings that rose like steam from the colorful collection. One ring gave off an insistent nudge. She picked up a buttery gold petunia ring with a half-carat bright yellow diamond nestled at its center. This yellow diamond made me feel the buzzy busyness of bees in sunshine, so I put it in a flower. I'll take it. Edna smiled, her wrinkles lifting into the mischievous face of a child. But you haven't asked the price, Co said. I'm not buying this ring for the price. It's coming to me like the answer to a prayer. I need to be reminded to stop regretting the past and holding on to things like they'll bring my Walt back. She clunked an overloaded purse down onto the glass display top. Co flashed on the cringing grimace Gloria would give in her failing effort to keep the glass tops clean and scratch-free. Edna fished out an unraveling man's wallet. Maybe time to stop carrying this raggedy old thing around, too. Edna picked up the ring, yanked off the price tag without inspection, and had to twist and shove to get it over her knuckle. She grinned at Co. Minutes later, Edna lingered on the doorway and turned back. You have a gift, my dear. Co rooted around in the drawer below the showcase and pulled out a fresh pair of white cotton gloves. She inspected along the seams for openings. A young couple stopped outside the shop and leaned into the window. Sunlight made halos of their hair. They gazed at the rings displayed with the acorns in the fall-colored mock forest display. The shocking lows and highs of the last hour had wrung her out, yet lifted her up. Maybe the front of the house wasn't the worst place to be. The door tinkled the couple's entrance. The warm harvest wind blew in like a pumpkin breath. This has been The Touch That Burns Written by Kala Gold Manawaker's Studios Flash Fiction Podcast is supported by patrons on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash manawaker to find out more. The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. The podcast is produced, edited, and narrated by me, C.P. Derogi. Thanks for listening. <laughs>